Are you gonna start? Or am I gonna start? <laughs> That's good <laughs> Great job. Wow, we just wrote a song, you guys. <laughs> and this podcast isn't about writing songs. Kind of is. Kind of a little proxy. bit. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not a, really not at all. Random but... songs we're always saying is. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Goodness me, referee. Yeah, goodness me. Well. After that lovely song, I guess it's fitting that we introduce you to a podcast, American yeah. Bruce and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song, American Bruce and Tunes. Shibbity-beep-a-dow! Shibbity-beep-a-dow indeed. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes, a weekly podcast. Weekly. Weekly. Yep. Featuring two of the best things in one place. Beer. And? Music. Yeah. Or, as other people say, brews and tunes. Yeah, as we would say, of course. Yes. But only us. No one else. <laughs> now, if you want to say brews and tunes, by all means, Go right ahead. say it. Um, anyways, this is a, another regular edition of our podcast in which I recommend an album for Jesse to listen to, and he does the same for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, after listening to said albums for about two weeks, we come back together and review whilst trying new beers. Cheers. Cheers to beers. Or as Jesse Dick would say, cheers to beers for years. Yeah, he would. <laughs> he says that all, he said, used, said that all the time. He used to. For years. For years. Now he's married. Yeah. And with child. Yeah. Congrats, Jesse, if you're listening. Yeah, I doubt he's listening. But if you're listening, congrats, Jesse. And Sierra. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Back, to the, back su- to the good back stuff. Back to the subject at hand. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk about the beers first that we're trying this week? Okay, let us. What are you trying? I am going to be trying a Imperial IPA from the brewery Avery Brewing Company. And it is called the Maharaja Imperial IPA. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this beer, uh, just because I looked it up on Untapped today. Whenever I was looking for beers, and I saw that three of my friends on Untapped had had it, and all of them were good ratings. Who were your friends that had it? Uh, ben Butler. Oh. Uh, Nathan Choup. Uh, Ben's a great guy, but sometimes he throws those high ratings out pretty. F- True. Pretty. Generously. But you know who never does? Who? Choup. Choup rated it high. He gave it five out of five. Oh, Choup. I know. <laughs> Shoop. There it is. Shout out, Choop. So that's the beer I'm trying. I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, but before I go on, you said it's Imperial. What's the uh, ABV on that bad boy? Hmm. Let me double check. It is a whopping 10%. So that's uh, that's pretty high up there if I do say so myself. And it, I would say that, uh, yeah, that's pretty, pretty crazy. I would say that as uh, well. <laughs> What's it say on the bottom of your can? Do you see all that writing? Canned on June 8th, 2018. Two months old? Exactly two months old today, right? Goodbye, A-A-Ron. You will be missed. Does it say A-A-Ron? Huh? It's a, well, double A, then Ron. Is that a reference, Is that a reference to, to that Key and Peele? A-A-Ron. You will be missed, though? I don't know. I have no maybe, idea. Maybe, what if it, was, it wasn't an actor, maybe? I don't know. For all of you who are wondering what the heck we're doing, what we're referencing, um, oftentimes on the bottom of a can, they'll print the date that the either either the date that the beer was canned on or the date that it's best by. Best by, yep. Uh, but every once in a while, some breweries will post something funny on the bottom. Like yeah. I had a a an IPA from New Heights in Nashville, and on the bottom of the can, it had the best by date, and it, it said "Not a morning person." So just just random things and. Jesse's can just happens to say goodbye, goodbye A-A, A-A, Ron. Ron. You will be missed. Weird. Mine doesn't say anything. Huh. What, what is mine, you might ask? Uh, what? Mine is I the do ask. Oh Sunset Irish Red Ale by oh. Four Sons Brewing. Um, I'd never heard of Four Sons. They're from Huntington Beach, California. 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 Uh, unlike yours, mine comes in at a not so whopping 5.5 ABV. Okay. Just 
right, right in the, the heart boot, of regular. Just a boot half. Yeah, super regular. But I don't think we ever had a red ale on the podcast that I can remember. And, hmm. and it's, you know, it just sounds great. And so I'm going to pour mine into a Sam Adams glass just for just, funsies. Just because. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a plan. Think of Irish in Boston. Sam Adams. Boston yeah. is Irish red, even though it's from yeah, California. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know. That makes sense. Let's say that we give these a little crack, pour, and try. Sounds like a plan. Right. See it's what this bad boy looks like. It's been a little while since I've had a red ale in general myself. Um, had I think the last time I had one was the Killians. I think we had Killians on St. Oh, Patty's. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was this year. Killians is good. It's been a long time since I've had a double IPA. Really? Yeah. That's unusual. That is kind of unusual. Yeah. My red ale is true to color. It's, yeah. It's uh, like a it's like a dark, dark red amber. amber. Dark red amber, yeah. It's foaming up, too. Yeah, it's because I poured it a little too vigorously, but also mm. maybe it's this Sam Adams could, glass just true. Yeah, yeah, forms it perfectly. It, it looks like a, I, I did a really good job pouring this, actually. Yeah. Now, if you, I don't mind, I'm going to take a picture because it looks so good. Okay, wow. Good luck. I'll talk about my beer while you do that. Uh, this beer is, is actually pretty hazy, but that might just be because of the, all the bubbles that are in it. Uh, it's kind of like a where Steve's beer is like a dark brown uh, red color. Mine is kind of like a more uh, I don't know what what would you call this like kind of dark tan or like more orangey than tan. But yeah, he's still taking his picture, so he's not able to comment on this color. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would agree with you that it's got a haziness. I don't think it's from the bubbles. Um, I would just say it's like a hazy, like light orange, orange. light orange kind of color, right? Kind of rust orange, almost. Yeah, perhaps. Let me yeah. let me get a whiff of this bad boy. You get a whiff of yours. I'll get a whiff of mine. Mine smells like sweet malts, and I can actually smell the grain. It almost smells like I'm smelling the grain bill. Really? Kind of a little grainy, little little malty. Smells delicious. <laughs> nice. Mine smells pretty good too. Uh, you can definitely smell. Like hops? this, it's like citrusy type flavor. Can you flavor. smell the hops? And I can smell the hops. Ah. But apparently, the citrusy is is to be expected. Because let me read you this can. Yes, read away. The Maharaja flaunts his authority with a deranged amount of hops. Tangy, vibrant, and pungent. Along with an insane quantity, quantity of malted barley. Fashioning a royal scarlet hue and an exquisite malt essence. So, that tanginess is to be expected, I guess. The tanginess of the citrus. <laughs> Tangy citrus. It smells really good. I'm just about ready to give it a shot. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I haven't had a, a red ale in a while. So, uh, let's say we give the magic cheer and give it a little, little try. And as you all know, if you're imbibing... Or if you're not, just cheer with us. Cheers, cheers with us. And you yeah. guys all know the magic word as well. Hmm. Ooh. Whoa. So you gave a ooh, I gave a hmm. This beer is intense. <laughs> Mine's not intense. <laughs> is it drinkable though? It's drinkable. It's not my favorite actually. It's not really? bad. It's just Just not your favorite. Yeah, it's not as sweet as as a, the As you uh, wanted, the smell wanted or read it to think. Be. Yeah. Oh, okay. I smelled the the uh, the maltiness, and I was just assuming I'd have this like nice toffee sweetness. Yeah, it's not really there for me. Hmm. It's not bad. It's just not doing much for me. This this uh, Imperial IPA is sweet in a good way. In a very good way. Yeah, it's more of a malty, like bready sweetness that's complemented very nicely by the hops. Interesting. So it creates a really nice, smooth flavor. It's very, very good. Mine's not. As bre- sweet bready as I wanted. Mm. It's not bad. It's just not really doing it for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't we give it a little switch switch yeah. ski, and I can see what you're talking about, and you can switch, see what switch. I'm talking about. Switch switch switch. Oh, the smell of yours is quite nice. Your smells good too. Yeah. You sm- see that? Malty yeah. I can definitely smell? tell what you're ta- talking about. With so like you're, a- you're assuming it's going to be a nice sweet malty mm-hmm. taste. So let's let me let's, see. Oh, I'm going to see what yours is like. Oh, I see what you mean. You're it's expecting a little, a little underwhelming. Yeah, you're expecting more of like a the sweet to have more of a presence, mm. and this just kind of has like a tiny little sweet presence. Yours is quite nice. It's it's got a very full flavor. Yeah, and I would say this one is more like a 
lager than a red ale. Yeah. It's a lager with like a little bit of a malty taste. Yeah, it's not bad. But it's just not what I was wanting. I'm not sure that I would get it again, actually. I got an interesting flavor there. One of the afternotes on that beer. What did you get? Uh, what was it? Kind of it's a, another note of maltiness. Like that a, was kind of nice. Like a C sharp? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Music joke. Different kind of note. Yep. Anyways, I don't think we introduced the albums yet, have we? Not yet. We normally have, have already introduced them, but we didn't even introduce them. We've been holding everybody in suspense. Yeah. What will they be? Ooh. Well, you can just look at the title. Yeah. Be not bound in suspense, listener. Yeah. Be not bound in suspense. Go right up to whatever your device you're listening on and see what the title of this episode is, and you'll know. Lest you have a broken screen and cannot or cannot read. <laughs> uh, if you cannot read, how are you using a smart device? Maybe phone? there's a big old glare from the sun and you can't see the. Oh, screen. I thought you meant like if they're actually illiterate. Oh, that, I, that's what I meant at first, but but. Uh, oh. Okay. It happens. I guess it does happen. You never know. You never know. Am I right? No one's a lesser person for not being able to read. Well, I think most everybody can read now, right? A lot. There's there's still a. a I, I don't know the small numbers. Small percentage. But there's a. In the U.S. I think it's a small percentage uh, compared to some other countries. But yeah, there's still still people who are hmm. illiterate. That's interesting. Measure not the merit of a person whether they can read or not. Measure by their actions. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words, especially if they can't read them. Ah. Oh! But. <laughs> <laughs> I just processed what you said. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving myself a proverbial pat on the back. Or a literal and pat. And a literal one. Oh my god! That was quite a zinger, Steve. And on that, let's talk about the albums. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's switch. Switch gears here. Um, I think you've been going first for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you can go first if you like. Uh, so I'll go first. Well, first of all, let's just say what we're both... So, well, say what you're doing and then we'll come back to you. So uh, after Steve reviews whatever album he's reviewing... Wink, wink. I'll wink, be wink. reviewing uh, Alkaline Trio's album, Crimson. Oh, Crimson. Yeah, I know. What a good color. I wish my red... Only if you like red. I wish my Crimson Ale was more Crimson <laughs> Your flavored. Crimson Ale... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Jesse has is going to review that in nay but a few minutes. Until that time, I am going to touch upon an album called "The Wild Hunt" by a mysterious artist named, well, not really named, but who goes Tall. by the name "The Tallest Man on Earth." Yeah. He is a Swedish singer-songwriter named Christian Madsen. Christian Madsen. I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm sure I'm not, but you never know. How do you spell Madsen? M-A-T-S-S-O-N. Matt, Matt, wait, what? M-A-T-S-S-O-N? Matt, I hope I'm not. Matson. Yeah, I hope I'm not Matson. missing a letter. I might. Matson. I don't know who it is. Um, Christoph Matson. Yeah, but like, that's, that's his real name, but he goes under the stage name, The Tallest Man on Earth. Yes. Just essentially a solo project, at least from what I gather on this album and, this album, and yeah. some Wikipedia pages. His most recent album is Full Band. Oh, interesting. But. Apparently his live show is, is pretty awesome. Really? So I've heard. So I've read. <laughs> Hopefully he's coming to America soon. I'd like to see him. Uh, I think it is safe to say that he is not the actual tallest man on earth. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, f- I don't think so. I feel very confident saying that. I've been to some Ripley's Believe It or Not museums. Maybe yeah. it was Guinness World Records museums. Either way, I've been to both of them. And I have seen uh, those Tall. life-size replicas of, of the tallest man on earth. At and one point in time. Yeah, he was quite tall. So I don't think this guy is that tall. But yeah, you never know. Maybe he is. I couldn't find his know. actual height. Oh, really? I didn't look Did you actually it. look it up? Oh, you didn't look I it up. I thought about it. But I was like, I nah, I think it's safe to say. He's probably not, yeah. I'm not, an authority. I'm not an authority on the subject. Just a safe guesser. You're not an authority on his height? No, I am not. <laughs> Anyways, The Wild Hunt is his second studio album. And it was yes. released in 2010. In mm-hmm. 2011, he was nominated for the... Uh, for the best male artist, which for the Grammys, Grammys, which is the Swedish equivalent of the Grammys. Oh, okay. I don't know what it's like. If you replace the Y in Grammys and put an I in there, that's what it is. Okay. I don't know what the Swedish people would call that. Grammy. The Swedish Grammy. The Swedish Grammy. That's, that's a good way. Yeah, to, I don't a know. Good way to put it. Yeah. So the Wild Hunt, the act like an actual term, the Wild Hunt. Yeah. Is a reference to a folklore myth. 
Okay. Usually like European kind of, um, but it's it's in a bunch of different cultures, and essentially, uh, well, if you Google it, you can see pictures or you can read different variations on what the wild hunt is because every culture seems to have a little differences here and there. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's about some mythical figure, usually gods, riding on horseback, either engaging in like a hunt or war or something. It's just like in The Witcher Three, the wild hunt. I will take your word for that. There are like people riding on horses and well, yes. <laughs> that are attacking you. <laughs> They're riding on horses. Um, and usually this foreshadows something, war or death or An something. Omen. Omen of sorts. A foreboding omen. Forbidding. And that leads into our first song. Oh, what which could is that be called? Aptly titled The Wild Hunt. Oh I gave this uh, nine foot six inches <laughs> and I recommended it. <laughs> Uh, 10 feet tall being the world's tallest tall, man okay, okay. for my rating system. I don't know what the actual tallest yeah. man is. Um, Nine foot, six inches. But it's my first recommendation. Nine and a half feet, okay. Like I say all too often, this is a great representation of what's to come. Yeah. Um, if yeah. you've never heard of the tallest man on earth, which I hadn't, yeah. um, I didn't know what to expect. And as soon as I listened to this song, I was like, well, I think I know what to expect from now on after yeah. hearing the first song. Yeah. Uh, most of the album is... Just the singer and the guitar, uh, pretty stripped back. There is some subtle uh, instrumentation here and there, like maybe a little banjo or some yeah. some little things for effects. But nothing uh, huge, though. Prominently just vocal and guitar. Um, the first thing that caught my attention on this song was his voice. Yeah. Because it's a unique voice, but it's, it's a unique. reminiscent voice. It's very unique, yeah. It's like a screechy folk voice. Yeah. And that might sound like i don't like it but i actually do like his voice i would say it's like a mix between bob dylan and will varley Mm, Um, i could see that will varley is a a british folk singer that we talked about on one of our episodes Um, less nasally than bob dylan but yeah his his intonation is a little bob dylan-y yeah um, he kind of sure he kind of wanders like his intonation kind of wanders sometimes Mm -hmm. it does but it's it's a very unique voice but i think it fits his style very well Mm mm-hmm or maybe, I don't know if it fits his style or if his style fits the voice or vice versa. Either way, I think it works. For sure. <laughs> Anyways, back in that folklore mumbo jumbo that I was talking about earlier. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, usually, a mortal person who were, were to witness the wild hunt. Yes. They would be foreshadowing their death. Yeah. Uh, they could be snatched in the wild hunt and taken to the Whoop. other side. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, And in this song, he talks about being mortal at some point in time. And the song alludes to death. Yeah. Um, The chorus, I'll say, I'll read it to you. I left my heart to the wild hunt a-coming. I left my heart to (laughs) To the the wild hunt a-coming. Wild hunt a-coming. I live until the call. And I plan to be forgotten when I'm gone. Yes, I'll be leaving in the fall. And I plan to be forgotten when I'm gone. Is I believe in, in, in the, the fall. fall. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Super catchy. Like the melody is really catchy in this song. Yeah, and he like does a really. His guitar playing is interesting because it's like partially chord playing, but also partially finger picking at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'll touch upon uh, the finger picking in some future songs because it's worth touching upon. Okay. Um, but when you think of the fall, you think of everything is kind of coming to. Like life is kind of slowing down and drawing towards a death anyway. So if he's leaving yeah. in the fall. Leaving, it, yes, leaving his heart leaving for the wild home. heart, the wild hunt coming. So, you know, it's yeah. a song I think about the inevitable death. Mm-hmm. And he'll be forgotten. Who knows? Who knows? Only uh, time will tell. Yeah. He can be hard to interpret. Yeah. Not as difficult, I think, as the last person you had me review, Richard, Richard Buckner. Buckner. Yeah. Um, but he can be difficult to interpret. I don't know. He's, it's it's he's, very artsy. Yeah. He's, his, more, his he's definitely more clear, though. He doesn't use as like he uses like complete sentences and not like vague, uh, vague like half sentences that Richard Buckner used yeah. uses used. Richard in that Buckner's album. style was unique. Yes. Moving on to track number two, which is called "The Burden of Tamara." I gave this a rating of ten foot. Oh, I recommended it, and it might be my favorite song on the album. Wow, um, it's mainly because the chorus, mm-hmm. because I think the chorus is probably the catchiest. Maybe the catchiest part on the whole album. Okay. Just that that melody that he sings. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really entirely sure 
what it's what, about. Yeah, like what the burden of tomorrow is. Yeah. Uh, and the chorus is different for each repetition of the chorus, the first half. Yeah. But the second half of each chorus is the same. And he says, but I will fight the stranger that you should fear, so I won't be a burden of tomorrow, dear. Yeah. Yeah, so what the stranger is, who knows? Oh, once I had a candle to the thin flame. Yeah, it's just, I really like that melody. Yeah. Or I, once I held a glacier to a, a yeah. burning flame. What does that yeah. mean? I don't know. Once I held a glacier to an open flame, yeah. There are certain parts in this song that make me think he's like godlike, but then certain times he's just a blind. It's 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 hard to tell what he means. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting to interpret. But I think it's about helping somebody. Yeah. Based on that second part of the chorus. Super catchy song, like I said. Moving on to song number three, which is called Troubles Will Be Gone. I gave it eight foot five inches and i nice. honorably mentioned it nice and so i'll honorably mention what it's about <laughs> no um this starts the wild finger picking that is the tallest man on earth mm-hmm. uh, it's a unique very very unique finger picking style unlike bob dylan or even richard buckner um the tallest man on earth does this super cool and really non-traditional finger picking style um, is this the one where it goes like I believe that that ding, is this ding, one ding, ding, do, mm-hmm. ding, ding, do, do, do. like he he incorporates the rhythm and percussive elements that you'd expect in a finger picking style uh, but he adds syncopation and by playing with the dynamics he throws in a melody line at the same time yeah so he's got so much going on and that it's really if you didn't if you don't know much about finger picking, if you're maybe not as learned, you might not appreciate it as much. Yeah. It's, like if you, if you haven't tried to play something like this or if you haven't tried to write a finger picking pattern. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Because everyone does the traditional finger picking style, which you probably hear on a Bob Dylan or a, any folk song for that matter. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's weird. Like it's he. it sounds like it's he's a master like of classical like, music, jazz, or yeah. maybe even avant-garde. Just it's like all these more weird. Like jazzy, I think. Yeah. It's weird, but it's so cool. Um, subject matter wise, it seems like there's like an uncertainty and like he's thrown upon some hard times, but knowing that one day troubles will be gone. Yeah. Uh, I think there might be some religious tones in here. Um, because he talks about like a sign saying still there's a higher one Mm -hmm. uh, and troubles will be gone. Yeah. So hard to say for sure or not, but that's what I think. Yeah. Um, cause he talks about a lot of hard times. Mm -hmm. Talks about like being in traffic like on your knees when a car is coming, mm-hmm. seeing the Savior or with white knuckles coming towards you or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Weird, real interesting imagery. Yeah. But it was a cool song. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Moving on to track number four, which is called You're Going Back. You're Going Back. You are going back. I gave it a seven foot five inches. I have no clue what it's about, but that <laughs> yeah. chorus is very memorable. Yeah. It as is. we just exemplified. Uh, that's all I have to say about it. Okay. <laughs> I just like the chorus a lot. The yeah. whole song's good. It's got a cool feel, but I should really like that chorus. Moving on to song number five, which is called The Drying of the Lawns. I gave this nine foot five inches, and it's my last recommendation. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, another virtuosic, non-traditional finger-picking song, which is the main reason why I recommended it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the song's catchy in general, but that as soon as it comes in with these weird-sounding chords... And you hear him going to town on the finger picking. Yeah. And he throws in this odd syncopation that almost sounds like a changing of the time signature, but it's yeah. just so syncopated. I think he's still in the same time signature. Yeah. And you can actually hear his foot tapping. It's either that or a metronome. I think it's his foot tapping. Yeah. And it, is this the as one you hear that, it just stays like in time perfectly, and it's so well crafted. Is this a song where like the so- the overall sound changes? Like it almost sounds like he's recording it. Like live, like on a tape recorder or something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. But it, uh, it's just the the finger picking is very complex and yeah. it's so well done. Um, lyrically, the song talks about the ending of a relationship, but trying to hold on to that last little bit before it's gone. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty somber, but the song's somber too. It's just the drying of the leaves, the lawn. Oh wait, da da da. da. Mm-hmm. It's just the yeah, and it's just really catchy, really kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about like a movie ending in a as a metaphor for the relationship ending, but still yeah. wanted to see it again, still and not yeah. not be over with it. It's really, really kind of interesting. But that guitar playing is what drew me in. It's just that uh, mm-hmm. 
the talent that he has with uh, writing that finger picking style. Yeah. Moving on to track number six, which is called The King of Spain. I gave it eight foot five inches. Um, I want to be the king of Spain. <laughs> this song has a fun, almost galloping feel. And it's a cool song. It's a really cool song. And I like that, that chorus. Well, if you could reinvent my name. I can't do his voice. <laughs> like it's like high. It's like whiny yet gravelly. Yeah. It's nasally, but not. It's it's so hard to describe his voice. You just yeah, have to hear it for a, yourself. It's a very unique voice. Yeah. Which um, I like a lot. And there is a Bob Dylan reference in this song. Mm-hmm. When he says, he's got my boots of Spanish leather. Yeah. And boots of Spanish leather is a Bob Dylan song off of the times they are a changing. Times they are a changing. Yeah. And he's, he's like, if, if, if you had to pick, uh, I was listening to a review of this album from a YouTube reviewer. His channel is called The Needle Drop. And he was saying if you had to pick one Bob Dylan album that this was reminiscent of, it would be, like, I, I think he's, he referenced the times they were changing, like that era. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. The earlier era. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think this song seems to about be about being in love and wanting to be transformed into something greater. Not literally the King of Spain, but like, you know, you, yeah. you could be. You feel... Yeah. You feel so great, like I'm in love. I, I could, be, I, I can conquer anything. Yeah, if you could rewrite my days, yeah, make me the king of Spain. Yeah, I could be wrong, but you never know. Moving on to track number seven, which is called "Love Is All." I gave this rating a seven foot. Hmm. I like this song a lot. I do too. It's slow and it's sad again, mm-hmm. uh, and it's about a failed relationship. And he has got a lot of imagery about the river and like letting things go, like it's letting his tears go. Mm-hmm. Um. And how it's hard to do so. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's just a sad song, but it's really nice. Yeah, agreed. It's about all I have to say, though. Track number eight is called Thousand Ways." I gave it seven foot five inches. Um, it's again another cool picking pattern arises that's non-traditional. Um, it's a catchy chorus, and he uses this imagery about being the moon. I think as a metaphor, um, like he compares like the moon is always being blamed for the sun going down on people. Yeah, yep. like, like like everyone's blaming the moon for that. So maybe he's being blamed for people's problems. I don't really know entirely what what he's. It's just a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> that's the part that reminds me of Bob Dylan. He's just a thousand. Nas so Jeez. Now he doesn't sound exactly like that. No. But pretty close. <laughs> I wouldn't say close at all. No. Someone heard this, they'd be like, what's Bob Dylan doing here? <laughs> I don't think so either. You never know. Oh, you mean heard you uh, doing your imitation of Bob Dylan? No, I mean oh, okay. this album. Okay. <laughs> like, is he just a guitar player featuring Bob Dylan on the vocals? <laughs> no. Uh, moving on to track number nine, the penultimate track. It's called A Lion's Heart. I gave this a rating of seven feet. And you know it's a lion's heart. Got some cool vocal stylings that he puts in this song. The chorus is the best part, I think. That that part right there that you were just singing. Um, Hopefully he's not referring to the cowardly lion. Because he was in need of a heart. (laughs) But he got one in the end. (laughs) I just took a drink and that was funny. (laughs) I almost spit it out. It was almost... uh, a non-visual spit take that just happened. I'm glad you didn't spit. Yeah, that was a bit bad. Yeah. But <laughs> hopefully he's not the coward. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Um, again, nice finger-picking style. Um, I think this song is about nostalgia and goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Um, about someone you deeply care for and like how... I think he even says at one point, uh, like, it's not a real goodbye if you mean it. Yeah. Um, Yep. He uses lots of metaphors and styles, like a, compares it to a lion coming down the hill, his heart like thumping, you know. Um, you know, yeah, good song. You know, yeah. Moving on to the last song, which is called uh, "Kids on the Run." I guess Time to rating switch it up. Seven foot five inches, and a whoa. And Time a to whoa. switch it up is right. Uh, just throw that guitar on the fire and get yourself a piano. Is what I say, because <coughs> this is piano driven. Um, yes, it is. I don't even know if there's a guitar in the song. There might be in the background, but it's Maybe definitely piano up front. It's, it's mostly piano driven. Um, it reminds me of that Bon Iver record where he ends with Beth slash Rest. Yeah. Where it's got all the folky guitar songs, and then out of the blue, it's a keyboard driven like 80s pop we song. We throw a monkey wrench in the, the mix. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually does that on his first album, too. 
Bon Iver? No, the tallest man on earth. Oh. He ends it with a piano song as well. Does he do that on his third and or fourth? We'll have I to examine and, and we review. Will. We will. Um, but yeah, it's it's a a welcome to change of pace, but quite a surprise from the first piano hit that comes in immediately. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure what they're on the run for, these kids that he speaks kids of. on the run. I think, I think they're not about... kids anymore. They're adults, but they... I don't know if they've done something wrong. Some, it alludes so. to maybe something illegal that they've done. I don't really know. I think it's just about not growing up. It's talking about having like things that people frown upon. But when they talk about people frowning upon them, quote unquote, because I, I don't think he actually says people frown upon us. That's just what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, he also, I think he says like they look at us like we're murderers. So they, like obviously they did something wrong. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe it is just something I, socially I think... not. Something that doesn't fly socially, but maybe not illegal. It seems like, it seems like to me the, the line just because we're not still kids up. on the run. Yeah, it's just like yeah. we're, still, we're still kids on the run. Nah. We're still kids on the run. Run. Nah. Yeah, I think it's kind of a cool ending to the album. It is. All in all, it was a pretty good album. Uh, upon my first listen, I was like, "Oh goodness me, this is going to be a drag." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, like on the first listen, I was like, well, it sounds better than Richard Buckner, but it's going to be a doozy this few <laughs> yeah. weeks. Yeah. But, uh, after about three listens, I was on board. Yeah. So it, uh, I quite liked it a lot and it was pretty accessible, much yeah. more accessible than, than Richard Buckner. Um, hopefully next week is quite accessible too. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I listened to this and I would like to check out some more of his stuff and I would like to see him live if his show is as good as they say. And if, yeah. So if you're listening to Tallest Man on Earth, come to Nashville. Come to Nashville. Come to Nashville, please. Yes. Well, anyways, now that we've reached our midpoint, um, has your beer changed flavors at all? Um, it hasn't really changed flavors. It has just stayed consistent. It's still really good. Mine has stayed average. Is uh, is any more of that maltiness coming through now, now that it's a little bit warmer? No. Really? It's, it's pretty much the same. Hmm. It's all right. So just an average, good, easy drinking beer. Yeah. That's like always a good quality to have. Yeah, because sometimes you need. Cause sometimes you need that. I think I'd rather have this if I was eating some fish and chips or some shepherd's pie, or anything <laughs> Irish, <laughs> or just anything any comfort food. This would be a good comfort food beer. Yeah, mashed yeah, potatoes. Yeah. Mashed potatoes, Steins. Yeah, a little spetzel with cheese. Spetzel with cheese. Yeah, a little beer brats. Beer brats, nice. Yeah, that'd be good. That's that. That would be good with that. Yeah, maybe you can cook a, brats in this beer or a burger. Or maybe you could cook burgers in this beer. You actually probably could. Or maybe you could make bread with this beer. Beer bread. Or maybe you can make ice cream with that beer. I don't know about that. Or maybe popsicles. Cheese. Beer cheese. Popsicles would be weird. We should try that sometime. Not with this beer. Maybe with a sweet stout. Ooh, that's a good probably idea. Probably not an IPA. I don't no. think that would translate well. Definitely not a lager. We should I definitely try it with a stout. Definitely a maltier like a beer. Idea, like maltier beers are good for... For breads, and yeah. I'm assuming they would be better for popsicles. Popsicle. Yeah, let's get like a left-handed milk stout or something. That might be good because that's a sweet yeah. one. Just some type of dessert stout would be delicious. Good idea, me. Well, let's put that on the checklist. Actually, good idea for you thinking of a stout for it. Yeah, group effort. Group effort. Good job, hosts of American Brews and Tunes. You guys are <laughs> the best. Oh, thanks, you. Thanks, person. Th- thanks, random voice that came from me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, enough mid... <laughs> Enough mid pot. What? <laughs> what? Enough inter- mid <laughs> mid podcast interludes. <laughs> so uh, let's hear about that album that you reviewed, eh? Yeah. Enough of these uh, interruptions. Yeah. Enough of these pleasantries. Yeah. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. The unpleasantries. I would like to take you back to a time in the twenties. Okay. No, oh. that's just what this uh, the album artwork for Alkaline Trio's Crimson reminds me of. A guy like wearing a, a uh, it's like a top. He's, hat he's wearing like a three piece suit and like a really nice hat, and then there's a lady in the background, like, and just the coloring of the album cover. It looks like Makes a cover for of, a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It kind of reminds me of like like a twenties noir film or something like that. that. Um. Anyway. I'm going to be talking about Alkaline Trio's album Crimson. Crimson. Came... What is there a song with that? With Crimson in the lyrics? Probably, but... I think there is, but I can't remember. 
I can't remember either. Crimson in the night. That's my song. <laughs> That's well, We can have our own Crimson songs. Anyway, uh, this album was released May 24th, 2005. 2005. 2005. And it charted at 25 on the Billboard 200 that year. Um, so, with that said... <laughs> With that said, <laughs> let's just jump right into my first recommendation, which is it's track my, number one. It's one of their more popular albums, I would say. I would say uh, it most likely is, yeah, because there's one song that I actually knew before you recommended it to me. If I had to guess, I'd say it's Mercy Me. Yes, but just on, that's the only song, though, that I knew before. Uh, so anyway, back to track number one. It's a song called Time to Waste. Uh, this song, I gave, it, I gave it a five out of five and recommended it. Um, it starts off with a really nice, like, soft piano part. So it starts off with that nice piano part, but then it explodes into full band after a little bit, and it's super dope. And it's, like, really heavy and really chuggy and really anthemic is what it really is. Um, so... Right off the bat, they start you with like a really nice, good idea, just like you said earlier, mm-hmm. a really good idea of what the album is going to sound like or what in general, like the sound they're going for or the feel they're going for even. Kind of what you'd feel from the cover, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that noir feeling, um, almost like, uh, I guess, yeah, Tim Burton, like kind of like a weird, like horror type feeling. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this song is a super... Calder and catchy chorus and i believe that it's about a relationship i'd say so i had time to waste or no you had time to waste and i'm not sorry such Such a a basket case case. something about cutlery after that and i had time to kill it's dead and buried you've got guts to spill but no one trustworthy. Such a great chorus. It's a great chorus. I just love the the when the piano part comes back in during the bridge. Yeah, and then the guitar comes in and it's just all heavy and awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just, it's it's that one <sighs> moment. Now I'm ninety percent, ninety nine percent positive that this the guitar tone on this song is responsible for the guitar tone on "Since You've Been Gone" by Kelly Clarkson. Oh yeah, you told me about that once. The producer. I don't know if it was the producer or the engineer who was working with Alkaline Trio loved Matt Skiba's tone so much that they um, they emulated it on Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, like so, they made it like a thing that yeah. a lot of other bands use most likely. It was pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. Good job, Matt Skiba, for dialing in that tone uh, nicely. It is a really great guitar tone. It is. It's I like a, the tone throughout the album, yeah. 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 That's what I, I... I'd like to have that guitar tone. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Maybe I should call it like, uh, say, Matt Skiba... What do you what do you do for that? <laughs> Tell me. Well, I think for me to get that tone, I'd have to get a new, a new guitar. Probably, because uh, my guitar is really mellow, and I would need like a guitar with like humbuckers yeah. in it. Or, like, Your guitar P90 is pretty mellow. It. It's pretty mellow. Yeah, but not mellow yellow. Remember when uh, mellow green? In uh, the Big Lebowski, when she's trying to get him to go to that doctor. Uh, what's that girl's name? When is this? In that movie. Remember that girl who's the painter? She's real crazy. Oh, what, yeah. Who plays her? I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember either. Uh, she's in a bunch of the... Uh, she's in a, some Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Oh, what's her name? I should know this. Well, anyways, <laughs> when she's trying to get him to go to the doctor, she's like, Jeffrey, dear, go to this doctor. He's very thorough. He's very thorough. <laughs> but I just love the way she says thorough. She's like, he's very thorough. So you got that from saying mellow. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's my train of thought. Nice. What is her name? Julianne Moore. That's her name. Julianne Moore. Okay. Should have known that. Right, Julianne Moore or Julianne Ann Moore. Julianne. One name. Julianne. 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 <laughs> okay, so it's Julianne. One one word. One word. Julianne. Julianne. No spaces. It's almost like uh, the calendar. The Julian calendar. Is that what the calendar's called? Julian calendar? Um, I do not know. No, Gregorian. Sorry. Gregorian? Let me take a look at that. Oh, it's Julian. 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 
Julianne Moore. But they, but people pronounce it Julianne Moore, right? Yeah. As if there was a space. Yeah, or hyphen, but there is none. I or assure hyphen. you that. Yeah, well, that's what Google just said, so. Well, Google never lies. And neither do I. Anyway, maybe we should move on to track number two. Isn't that the truth? Yes. It is the truth. Track number two is my second recommendation. Oh, okay. It's a song called Poison. This song is poison. In the, <laughs> in the best sense. And this is where we first hear the other vocalist. Dan Adrino, Dan, I think that's his name? Dan Adrino, yeah, I believe so. And he's the bassist yes. of the group. And Matsky was a guitarist. And who's the drummer? Derek Grant. Derek Grant. He's got his own... They all have their own side projects. Derek Grant has his own side project, which I think is just called Derek Grant. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, Dan Adrino has something called Dan Adrino in the, in the Emergency Room. It's like an acoustic act. In the Emergency Room. Matt Skiba's got his own solo stuff. He's got Matt Skiba and the Secrets. And, oh, the K. And Blink-182. And Blink-182, yeah. <laughs> now that he's taken Tom to long spot. Yeah. Um, but... It's kind of nice uh, to hear the other vocalist. Um, very different sounding than Matt Very Skiba. different sounding. Uh, it took me a while to be like, I like his voice. Yeah. I, I like Skiba's voice better, um, but I like Adrena's voice as well. Yeah, I still like it as well. And this is my favorite song of his that he fronts. Yeah, yeah. same. That, uh, that's why I recommended it on this album, or from this album. Because I, I got a rooftop view in London. How could a rooftop view in London look just the same as one in Brooklyn? I just I really like that line. Can't see so good, dude. Yeah, it's a cool guitar. It's like a chromatic type guitar line that comes in. Um, but I I really like that that line, um, and that's the reason I recommended it. The how could a rooftop view in London look just the same as one in Brooklyn? Suggesting that place doesn't really matter. Everywhere looks the same. Yeah, everywhere eventually eventually becomes the same. Which is an interesting concept because, yeah. you know, you like think of traveling and whatnot and how, oh, I couldn't, like, I can't wait to go wherever. Every airport's the same. Every hotel room's the same. Yeah. So anyway, that that's why I really like that song. Now on to track number three. That's called Burn. Burn. Uh, this track starts off with the guitar, like he strums like a doo-doo, and then it kind of like phases between the right and left speaker. Or if you have headphones on right and left ear. And it has like a weird, uh, I guess, phaser. Um, it has an interesting effect on it. Uh, but the main idea of the song is everybody learns faster on fire. So everybody Burn. learns faster, like learns about themselves faster if they're in a tough situation. Yeah. I guess is kind of what the song's about. Um, I gave it four to five. I like it. It's a good one. On to my last recommendation. Well, that was quick. Yep. Uh, track number four is called Mercy Me. Yeah. Such a catchy chorus. It really is. It's, I was, um, I don't know, I, I, just love, I love this song. It's great. Yeah, it really is. One of their most popular um, songs. It starts off like a punk song. <laughs> yeah, with like a single guitar line and like fast drums and um but which is kind of different than this song and another song stick out on the album because of that okay it's a really poppy song which is not always the case for this album yeah less dark sounding yeah less dark sounding and yeah definitely that more poppy more major less Mm -hmm. minor um and i believe it's just a song about like dealing with problems and like not feeling like you can get through them through them could be basically i'm not really sure a lot of a lot of their songs, they have like really simple lyrics, but they're said in such a way that I'm confused as to what they mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Um, but anyway, I really like that song. I, I like the the line that Dan Adrino sings in the chorus. Skiba sings most of the song, but he sings, yeah. So drive yourself insane tonight. It's not that far away, and I just filled up your tank earlier today. Yep. Such a good song. How's that line go? So drive, so drive yourself insane tonight. It's not, not that, that far away. And I just fill up your tank earlier today. Yeah. Oh, mercy me. God bless catastrophe. Oops. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it again for posterity's sake. Okay. Oh, mercy me. 
God bless catastrophe. Oh boy, that was even worse. How about you do the mercy? <laughs> me? I'll, I'll do the harmony. One. Okay. Oh mercy me, God bless catastrophe. That much was better. better. That was much better. Yeah, we we composed ourselves. Yep. And we did someone else's composing. Sang someone else's composition. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Ketchup, mustard. Catsup? Catsup, ketchup. Who says catsup? Nobody says catsup. Spelling of ketchup is ridiculous also. How do you spell it? K-A... I've seen like K-E-T-C-H-U-P. I've also seen... Ketchup? C-A-T-S-U-P. I've seen... I've seen a bunch of different Cat ways to spell soup. ketchup. Catsup. Catsup. I think it's... I don't know. I've seen different ways hey, to spell it. can I get some catsup for my french fries? I'll say, no, but you can have ketchup, sir. <laughs> where, do, where do people say catsup? I don't know. I could hmm. be wrong also about this. Interesting. Irrelevant, though. Maybe they say it in Chicago. <laughs> anyway. All right, um, dear Bob. Give me some catsup. <laughs> do you think that's where? No. All right, dear Bob. <laughs> Uh, Mercy Me is a great song. Yeah, it is. Fan- fantastic song. And that uh, is all of your recommendations. Yep. I still have an, an uh, hum, though. So, on to track number five. It's called Deathbed. Calling all cars are coroners. We got a dead one here. Yeah, that's what the line is. I like that beginning. It's a really catchy chorus. I'm not exactly sure what it's about. Because, like, know. the chorus talks about him being face down in the street. Um, and then they, uh, he says, like, they tried everything, like, to revive him or yeah, something like that. they tried everything and everyone. But everyone, everything but and everyone, no but they never tried you. So, like, he's down and out, but they tried everything to revive him, but he just needed you. So... It's about a relationship, maybe? or Yeah, probably. I have no idea. With some dark metaphors. Yeah. Alkaline yep. Tree likes to have those dark metaphors. Yeah, I guess I should say that. That a lot of the lyrical content is... Uh, dark and metaphorical. Is dark, dark <laughs> metaphorical, kind of like horror-esque. Yeah. Like like what I said at the beginning, like a noir, mm-hmm. like dark film. Yeah. Um, and actually, I read, some, read somewhere, I think it was on Wikipedia, that the reason that they chose... That album cover is because it like looked cinematic, and that's it is almost what they're how, going for. Yeah, how the album sounds too. Yeah, it's a constant theme. Uh, but anyway, on to track number six, which is called "Settle for Satin." It's a uh, it's kind of a reoccurring theme in a lot of punk music, or just in a lot of music in general. Just like getting stuck in a rut, basically. I suppose that's life. Um, because life is one big rut. I guess. Or one big hill. Yeah. Big valley or hill, depending on how you look at it. Or a mountain. Mountain or a knoll. Or a ocean. Or a brook. Or outer space. Ooh. Interesting. Or a jam-packed highway. Oh, yeah. During a rush hour. That's the worst. Yeesh. Anyway, (laughs) one of the lyrics in the, uh, the, I think it's the chorus, um... He says, I guess we all settle into what we know. Makes sense. Yeah. What else are you going to do? So um, it seems like what he's saying with that line is that whenever we face trouble or um, basically, yeah, just trouble, we have patterns that we fall back into to help like cope with whatever we're going through. And one day trouble will be gone. <laughs> Full circle. Good time. Anyway, on to my honorable mention, track number seven. It's called Sadie. It's a good one. It's a pretty crazy song. It's dark. Pretty crazy subject matter. I'd say so. Um, It's about Sadie Glutz, which is the alias for um, Susan Atkins. That's right. Who was part of the Charles Manson cult. Yeah. What they call them? The Manson family or something? Yeah, something weird like that. Yeah, so weird. But it was about... How she got sentenced to, I think, life in prison? I believe so. Uh, for participating in the murders that Charles Manson did? Because, like, I guess mm-hmm. she thought that Charles Manson was, like, Jesus. Or, like, they the second all, coming the of Christ or something like that. kind of thought that. 
And then some weird stuff. They murdered, they murdered Sharon Tate and a few other people. It was Roman Polanski's wife. Oh, really? She was pregnant. Oh, it was It was dark. And they murdered a couple other people. Yeah. yeah. So this is where we get into like the... Real dark. Real... It's... Well, I, I don't want to use the word horror because it's actually true. Oh, horror, horror can be true. True. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But it's not like a... It's not a film horror film. No, like this was a... An actual horror of an event. An actual event that was horrifying. Oh, the horror. The horror. The horror. Um, but I guess while in prison, she became a born-again Christian in like 75 or something like that. Something like that. Something crazy like that. So in the chorus, they talk about Sadie G. Sadie she She's crazy, crazy you see. She. So says like the white people, the, mm-hmm. co- the people in the white coats. Yeah. Um, but then they say like Susan A., is like missing all of her opportunities or something like that. Yeah, but it's a, it's a very very strange song, or I strange. Like, I like stra- the song a lot. I like it a lot, but it's it's a weird like I would never think to write a song about that, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't write about. I well, guess, maybe one day I would, but I, it's not what I would think to go to first. Yeah, you wouldn't be like I need I need to write a song about that. Yeah. Those crazy people. There's another song on this record that's about a true event. Yeah, well, maybe you'll touch upon I'll it get later. That. I'll get okay. to that. Yep. Um. Anyway, on to the next track. This track, uh, track number eight is called "Fall Victim." Uh, it's very catchy. Yeah, it is. I'll watch them again, fall in uh, line as I fell victim to double suicide. Something about on television. your television. Yes. So again, it's like a the lyrics are very dark, dark and. I don't know. What Definitely they metaphorical. Mean. I don't know what they mean. I yeah. think metaphorical. That's that's the line that I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. With this album is like, is it literal or is it metaphorical? Hard to tell. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, they they definitely kind of teeter back and forth. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I thought it was very catchy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's about though. <laughs> Fair <laughs> so, enough. On to track number nine. It's called "I Was a Prayer." Number nine. Um, this uh, number nine. Yes, to number nine. <laughs> uh, there's a really, I really like the guitar tone at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like a really thick, like chunky guitar tone. It's super nice. Um, and I believe, again, I say I believe this song is about having a grip on life, but then a relationship throwing a wrench in that. Kind of, mm-hmm. maybe, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it's about. Uh, but anyway, I like the song. Uh, not my favorite. I think the back half of this album for me is a little bit less. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit less strong. It's not as strong. Yeah, I as think the, it's a little front loaded. This album is. Yeah. Um, Resequencing might be in order, but that's okay. I don't mind. Yeah. But yeah, I can, I can see what you mean. On to track number 10, which is called Prevent This Tragedy. Oh, what tragedy? I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I gave this song four to five, and, and this is another song that is about uh, real events that happened in our world. Horrible events. Horrible events. Yeah, I only know about this because I've I've got a live record of the, where they did this album front to back. Yeah, and he's like, we wrote this song about the Memphis Three, the West Memphis, West three. Memphis Three. So it's the part of Memphis that's in Arkansas. <laughs> West Memphis. Yep. Weird. But I'll let you elaborate. Uh, anyway, so basically, um, what happened is is that this song. Well, I'll, I'll just say this song is about the West Memphis Three, uh, which refers to three, I believe, teenagers, three mm-hmm. boys who were wrongly accused for the murder of a couple other kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's basically a song about how, like, there was so much miscommunication in their trials and. Like a lot of coercion to like get the kids to confess to the murders and how they're like trying to prevent the tragedy of them being sentenced to like, to like life in prison for a murder. Them, I think that one they of them was sentenced commit. to death. I can't remember if they. One of them was sentenced to death. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and then eventually, I believe 2011, they were acquitted mm-hmm. of all charges. Crazy. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Absolutely crazy. Did you ever hear the Central Park Five? No. Something similar was. Like teenagers were convicted of assault and I think rape and I don't think oh, it, was, it wasn't murder. No, I did hear about that. Yeah, it was bad. I saw a documentary. But it was on like it. false. It was false accusations. It was right? just like like 
middle school, early high school kids who were like being held by by all hours of the cops, like without Crazy. their parents or anyone in there during the interview. It was just a lot of weird, shady stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, but and of course they were falsely accused, and, and a confession was co- coerced. Yeah, weird stuff going on. But Which, look that, into those those events. It's really interesting. That's so weird that like cops will actually do that. Yeah, like you think of cops as. Or investigators, I guess. I'm not sure. If, like, it's not your average, because everyday cop who's doing no. these. There these are certain interrogations. interrogation tactics that are known to work, but sometimes there are things that are questionable, and yeah. maybe the rule book should be looked into. Who knows? Maybe. But that's a subject for a different time or a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably a different podcast. Actually. Not American Brews and Tunes, more like American Justice. <laughs> American Justice and Bourbon. Justice. Oh. <laughs> American justice and bourbon. Bourbon's American, so you know. True. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What other liquor is American? You can only distill bourbon in America, right? Yeah. There is no bourbon that that comes from another country. I assure you. Maybe there's faux bourbon. Well, then you can't. To then it's not classified bourbon. as bourbon. It has yeah. to be in the one of the fi- made distilled in one of the fifty United States. 49 50 states <laughs> one, one of the 50 united states yeah you the can multiple ones across the you globe. can have an alaskan bourbon you can have a hawaiian bourbon you can have a pittsburgh pennsylvanian bourbon pittsburgh pennsylvanian yeah, Cal- yeah. you can have a californian bourbon you can have a iowan bourbon you can have a rhode island Ohioan bourbon. bourbon yeah montanian bourbon you can have a, a north dakotan bourbon wyoming bourbon yeah what's that Minnesota guy from, from fargo jim Jim, Jim from Fargo. Jim, let us know if there's a. You ever had any Fargo North Dakota bourbon, bourbon distillery stuff? No? <laughs> Is Fargo in North or South Dakota? North Dakota, North Dakota. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, sure. Anyway, you enough Darren about Putin. enough about naming all the states and saying there could be a bourbon from them. Yeah, enough about the chilly Midwest. Back to alkaline trio. But Jim, let us know. Yeah, let us know, please. Send us a letter, please. snail mail. Snail mail, please. Yeah. yeah. Our address is one, two, four, seven, ten, twelve. Quartz. <laughs> Quartz? Like the rock? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't know. That's just where my, my mind went for okay. some reason. That's really random. <laughs> anyway, I've had enough of being here. Let's go back to hell. <laughs> uh, send anyway. us back to hell. We had our fill of heaven. Another catchy song. Give us back our sins. Deadly one through seven. I like that line. Anything at all. Uh, anyway, this song is called, uh, track number 11 is called Back to Hell. Is it probably the fastest song on the album. Yeah, it's definitely sure. the fastest. I, that, that's why I gave it a higher rating of four to five. Yeah. In their later albums, they definitely don't do the fast punk like they used to do in their earlier records. Really? Yeah. Wait, is this one of their later ones? or Probably mid-career. Okay, when they were going towards more of that like horror rock and roll. They always kind of had that okay. horror style, that but element. they were more like fast, definitely more punky, a little more skate punky earlier oh, okay. in their career. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I believe this song is about the general idea of not conforming to the status quo. Yeah, I could see that. So I believe, I know that in this song, they are using like, send us back to hell as a metaphor mm-hmm. for like saying, like, we don't want your ideal heaven. Send us back to what we want, or to what we want to do. That's not the norm. So I think that's what this song's about. They don't want you to stick with the status quo. <laughs> no, we're not going into that movie ever again. Yeah, Just as long as we can get our head in the game. Curse you. <laughs> it's a high H-S-M. school musical. We're at this super crazy high school. It's super big out in the middle of nowhere. We sing yeah, our songs in high school. Singing the songs in high school. Playing basketball. I'm going to shoot the ball into the hoop. Yeah, that was the theme song for High School Musical that was rejected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had written that before and submitted it whenever we heard they were making a movie about a high school and there was going to be a musical. And there was going to be basketball basketball. involved. (laughs) And everyone sang. So that's why we wrote that song. We're in the lunchroom now. Going to have some tater tots. Oh, wait, we're going to break out and dance. Sing on the tables. Sing on the tables. Don't step on my tater tots. (laughs) Don't step on my tater tots. Lunch lady will give me more. Or not. If I have enough money in my lunch account. Or not. Or not.
The end. Anyway, yeah, enough about anyway. our version of High School Musical. On to track number 12 called Your Neck. Is this a song about vampires? Probably. <laughs> I think it might be. If there was ever a song about vampires, just short of any of the Twilight songs, it's probably this one. Because they talk about like... I'm going to bite your neck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Give me some blood to drink. That <laughs> <laughs> sounded like Yoda from that one video. <laughs> she goes, bite your knees. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. What's that song called? Seagulls. Oh. <laughs> Seagulls. <laughs> or Seagull or something like that. Uh, I can't remember. If you guys haven't seen that video, it's hilarious. <laughs> Look it up, or we'll post it on the website at bruisingtunespodcast.com. Boom. Anyway, there's still one more song to get to on this album. Let's get to it, then. It's called Smoke. Track number 13? Yeah. 13. And this song typically like slips my mind like some smoke that I yeah, tried I too hard to hold. I uh, Nice Brian Fallon reference. Oh, yeah. Um, whenever I first listened to this album, I was like, huh, that's the last song? Yeah, I was like I, the first time I listened to it, I didn't like look at the tracks because I was listening to it at work, so I just had my phone in my pocket, mm-hmm. and it got to that end of that song, and I was like, huh, there must be one more song. Nope. And I was like, oh, that's the end of the album. <laughs> what the heck? Um, interesting choice for the end. Um, I believe it's about being away on tour, and wanting to be home, with your family. Yeah. I mean, they Maybe. they tour extensively. Until Matt Skiba joined Blink-182. Yeah, now they really don't. But they are, they are coming to Nashville, though. Yeah, they, they just announced a new album called... Well, the single was called, called Blackbird. Yeah, I don't remember what the album's called. Not to be confused with the Beatles song. But it has another red and black looking theme on the cover. I know that. Yeah. But uh, I, I like this new single they put out, and I'm excited for the record. Yeah, same yeah. here. Um, Overall, this album, it took me a while to to start liking it decently. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the songs that I recommended and a few others I really like. Mm-hmm. And then some other ones I'm just kind of like, eh, meh, they're there. <laughs> I still like them, but just not as much as the other ones. That makes sense. This album definitely did grow on me, though. The first yeah. time I listened to it, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, so we had the same <laughs> situation. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this might be the first album that Steve recommended to me that is that I don't like. I mean, it's bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Most likely. Well, uh, what do you think about your beer? Well, before we finish our beers, let's uh, let's look towards the future. Yes. Um, our next episode is going to be another one-off where we review one album and try one beer. And I believe we'll be reviewing the latest album from Propagandy called Victory Lap. Yes. What a joy it will be to review that album. It will be. It will almost be like we have won something. Like it's a victory. And maybe we'll run around in circles. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Lap. Lap. Well, that's or maybe great. we'll have our victory trophy and set it on our laps. That's less likely. Say, here it is victory trophy. Plop. That's less likely, I would say. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but after that, we will have, we'll be back to our regular program, which is the, uh, the I recommend an album for Jesse. He recommends one for me. So, um, what album should I listen to for our next regular episode? Okay. This one is going to be tough, I think, Steve. No, I asked for something accessible. But <laughs> I believe that after you've listened to Radiohead a little bit more, I think you'll hopefully be a little bit more open to this album. To what? It's an album by the band Animal Collective. Oh, you're too optimistic. This is not going to happen. <laughs> and it's called Merryweather Post Pavilion, which is a venue. In Boston, I believe, or in New York. I am really not looking forward to this. Yeah, I know, but I think you're ready. I don't think so. I think you're ready. Well, you can do it. Go into it with a very open mind, even more open than you were whenever I recommended a Radiohead album or a uh, the Broken Bells album. I'm going to butcher this quote. It's from a movie. Great men did not seek greatness, but had greatness thrust upon them. Looks Just like as this crazy album is thrust upon I'm me. I'm thrusting this great album upon you. <sighs> I'm going to shake it off. But we'll see. <laughs> so I'll give you, I'm going to give you a concept album to listen to. Okay. It's a band called Silverstein. Um, yep. You might be familiar with them. And the album is called A Shipwreck in the Sand. Yep. 
So it's a fun concept. I would recommend looking up the maybe listen to it once or twice and then look up and the then concept. Look up the lyrics and yeah. the concept. Okay. Yeah, it, it tells a story. Okay. There's maybe like one or two songs that kind of deviate, but essentially it's just one big story. Yeah, I'll probably have to take my time with this album then. Yeah, it's, it's a little different than some of the stuff I've recommended, yeah. but I'll have more concept albums to come in the future. Oh. Dun dun dun. Bum bum concept albums. Anyways, let's uh has your beer flavor changed at all? Um as it's gotten still warmer, solid? as it's gotten warmer, I think the the booziness of the double IPA is finally coming through. It happens. And it's much more intense now. Okay. Well, so it's it still it still tastes really good though. Yeah, mine stayed about the same. It's uh it's not bad. I don't I'm not sure that I would avidly seek this beer out ever again. It's not bad, yeah. it just doesn't do much for me. It's a uh there's a certain nice thing about just having a drinkable beer though. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's what that is. I would say we uh, finish these brews and sign off sign for the off. episode. Sounds good. All right. Again, everybody, raise your glass with us. Yeah, albeit if you have libations or water or milk or anything else. Yeah. Wow. One last time. Until next week. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American.